Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. I remember back one summer during my college years, when, uh, when I had a good uh, summer job uh, in a factory where my dad worked, it was a factory where computer parts were manufactured. You know, as a summer hire, a teenager, some of our jobs weren't the best. Some of them were very monotonous, very repetitious. You know, some were better than others. And I remember the one week, early on in the summer, uh, there were three of us that were all in the same category. And we were giving this one job. It was so boring, so monotonous, so repetitious. Now, one of the guys, though, he took the job on and he worked his tail off and he did a good job. Well, the other guy of the three talked me into being a little lazy along with him. We worked but not as hard as we could have. It, you know, we, it wasn't bad. We were getting things done, but it wasn't great either, especially compared to the, the third guy, the one that was working hard. Well, the next week, two of us were back at the same monotonous job where the other guy, the one who worked hard, had a good work ethic the previous week, was given a different job. And it was a better job. It was more exciting. His hard work blessed him. It paid off. And I learned a valuable lesson. Truthfully, it was a lesson my dad had already tried to teach me. But in that past week, I chose to not put it into practice. Well, the next week, I worked my tail off. The other guy, for whatever reason, did not learn his lesson. He kept on the lazy train. And he stayed in that job for the next several weeks, that very boring, monotonous job. Oh, he complained quite a bit, especially when the other guy, the one had a good work ethic, and now me, we started getting the opportunity to work some fun, cold jobs, but not him. You know, that story is on my mind as I think to our holiness character study that we're going to be doing this week. Uh, We find ourselves in uh, the second week. This is uh, episode 32, I guess it is. Uh, But it's the second week of this semester when we're looking into different characters uh, that we consider to have some realms of holiness in them, uh, that we would consider them to be, you know, good representatives, good mentors of ours that we can learn from as we as men are trying to become more and more holy. Well, today I want us to look at, it's an interesting dynamic. There's two guys actually, one for good and one for not so good that we're going to look at, and that is Cain and Abel. Uh, They're brothers. Um, And we're going to look mostly at Abel and how he lived, but they kind of go together. 
Why them? Well, Abel's the man. He's a dude, man. He, when we're talking about holiness and holy living, he's someone that we need to take a good look at, even though his story is very short, thanks to Cain. But to live like him, man, that's a good life. I know he was murdered by his brother. His life was cut short, but man, we can learn a lot from him. I love what we can learn in their short story for our journeys to become holy men, both what we should do and what we should run away from. And truthfully, this short story and what it shares with us, it's very deep and foundational as far as a lesson is that we need to learn for us in our faith journeys. It certainly would have helped me back in the factory if I had known this story well and the foundational belief from it. Let's get into the story. Uh, We're in chapter four of Genesis. Adam and Eve uh, just came out of the garden and they have two babies now uh, and they're Cain and Abel. That's their kiddos. It says, when they, Cain and Abel, grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. So he grew veggies, grains. Yeah. Both of them had good jobs. Both of them had important jobs, one not better than the other. Verse 3, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift. So far, it's all the same. They both came to worship. It would be much like our present day saying, uh, both Nick and Brad came to Sunday morning worship. Both of them sang, both of them prayed, both listened to the sermon, both put an offering in the plate. You know, they, they both went through the motions of doing worship. And some of us, I don't want you to do this, don't get stuck in the different kinds of offerings that the two brothers would have brought. God does not like one and not the other. Eventually, we see that God accepted Abel's, which was from an animal. Well, don't read into that. God is not a carnivore who doesn't accept veggies. This does not give you a license to not eat your veggies. You know, God accepts grain and olive oil and other kinds of offerings that are not meat. And actually, he has them in the law as some of the offerings that he encourages the Israelite people to bring as part of their worship. So it's not a veggies versus animals type thing. Don't go there. Don't don't let that bog you down. Both men came to worship and share an offering to God. Let's continue. Okay, it says, Cain brought a gift. Abel also brought a gift. That's verse 4. Abel brought, it says, the best or fat portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. So Abel brought the healthy ones, the ones that were not the skinny little runts. He brought the best of the best of his animals, and it was the firstborn lambs from his flock. So he brought a really, he he glorified God. He really brought a good offering. And the Lord, it says, accepted Abel's gift, but he did not accept Cain. And his gift. Notice that it says he did not accept Cain 
and his gift. So it wasn't just the gift, it was the person bringing the gift that he was, that God struggled with. Back when he talked about Abel, it says the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. So it's not just the offering. We again, don't get bogged down in which offering, what was the offering? It's the person. It's not because the veggies versus the animals. It says God accepted one, but not the other. What's going on here then? Well, let me ask you this. Let me help you get a better understanding of this. Have you ever received a compliment from someone? I think we all have. At least I hope we all have. But have you ever had that person who gave you a compliment and you responded this way? Yeah, right. You don't mean that. Because you knew that they weren't being sincere. Well, that's kind of how it is here with Cain and God. Both Cain and Abel came to worship. Both did the same things in that worship. But their hearts were in different places. Their faith was in a different state. God sees it and receives the compliment or the worship from Abel. But what does it say? God had not accepted Cain's worship, or he did not accept Cain. Their hearts were in different places as they came to worship. Their faith in God played out in how they lived, and it continues to show up in the story. You know, we continue. This made Cain very angry, it says, and he looked dejected. God sees it, starts having a conversation. He says, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? Now get this part. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So what's going on here? You know, God says the right thing. What is the right thing? What would have brought salvation to Cain in this story, bringing him out of the place that he is in and into a better place of walking with God? What would have saved him from going the route that he ended up going, which if you know the rest of the story, he ends up going out and murdering his brother. What's the right thing? Having faith in God. Just like what we see many times throughout the New Testament story. It wasn't just in the New Testament. It's back here too. We are saved through faith and through God's grace. Cain had faith, but it was in himself. It was all about him, thinking thinking about his life. You know, he planted the veggies. He grew them. He harvested them. He, being Cain, had these great skills. They were his abilities. He was his own idol, or maybe his abilities were his idols. Maybe the sun or the rain. But his faith was not in God. His heart was not focused in living under God as God. He didn't see that all good gifts came from God. I wish that King David could have written Psalm 24 many years before. I mean, I know he wasn't alive yet, but 
boy, Cain could have really used what David had to write. Let me just share just a little bit of Psalm 24. David writes this. He says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and he established it on the waters. David has us looking at God and realizing that God is the creator. He's the provider. He's all things. This is That's partly one of the foundations of our belief in Jesus. We got to have to believe and have faith in God. We got to believe that he created, he provided, that he gives us life and empowers us with minds and abilities. All good gifts come from God. And everything that we have, it's not ours, it's God's. Everything that I have my mind, my abilities, my stuff, it's not mine. It's God's. If we have that as a foundational belief, then we are more likely to want to seek God, to know God, to walk in faith of God, and yes, to worship God with hearts of faith. If David continues in verse 3, he says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Or, in Cain and Abel's story, whose worship is accepted by God? Verse 4, David continues, The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. You see, guys, Cain's heart wasn't pure or focused on God as God. He was trusting in himself and not in God. Oh, he was going through the motions of giving God a little offering, but it wasn't out of his faith. Maybe it was like out of an obligation. David finishes this little section. He says, those who put their faith in God with a pure heart, in verse 5 he says, they will receive a blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. If we have faith in God, if we seek God, chase after God, we're going to be blessed. See, guys, when we see ourselves as the most important thing in life, or when we fail to see God as God and fail to put our faith in God, fail to believe that God knows the best life for us, that God is worth our lives, well... If we're the most important thing, well, then we live for ourselves and not for God's glory. For those who know the rest of Cain and Abel's story, again, Cain was so angry about the situation that he killed Abel, and in doing so, separated himself from getting to walk with God. And Abel, you know, for those of you who just are ticked off, you know, because don't worry about Abel. Abel is telling you, hey, no worries. I'm in heaven. He had so much faith in God, God instantly brought him to heaven. Abel's good. Don't worry about him. We're going to see him when we get there. But usually, if we follow Cain's lead and focus more on ourselves, when we do that, it doesn't go well for us. Just like my opening story, being lazy in the factory. If I would have glorified God with my work ethic, life would have been better for me in that week. But it wasn't. I chose to walk a different path. I chose to bring honor and glory to myself. At least I thought I was. But man, I blew it. 
know, truthfully, uh, recently I had another story where I blew it, where I didn't worship God with my life. I didn't love God. I didn't love others in this story. It was a moment with Valerie just not too long ago. My daughter, Valerie, uh, she and I, uh, she loves watching Marvel movies, you know, the Avengers and things like that. She loves those. And it's something that we like to do together. It's one of the things that I do with Valerie. Well, the new Black Panther, uh, what's it called? Wakanda Forever or something like that. Uh, it came out here within the last week or so, and uh, it's on Disney+. And so I... I know better. Valerie would have wanted to watch that with me. But I saw it come out and I was excited about it. But, you know, our our busy lives, we didn't get a chance in the last week, the week before that, we didn't get a chance to watch it. And we hadn't even really talked about it, but I knew it was there and it was, it was on me. Well, finally, it was uh, about a week ago, I just... Valerie was doing something. I knew she wasn't going to get to it. The next day she had dance. We weren't going to have time to watch it in the next couple of days, maybe even a week or so. I decided I'm just going to watch it. And so I started watching it. And about halfway through the movie, uh, she came up from what she was doing and she saw what I was watching. Can you imagine the moment, guys? Her heart was broken. Dad, what are you doing? You're watching it without me? And she looked at me with these puppy dog eyes. She says, Dad, we do this together. (sighs) Guys, I was broken. She had me. I knew. And I knew better. And she walked away. She didn't say anything more about it. She has not said anything more about it. I I stopped the movie. I didn't finish watching. And that was about three, um, maybe about a week ago, I guess now, that that moment happened. We haven't talked about it since. I know that she's still hurting. And I just, my heart just hurts. I blew it, guys. I worshiped myself in that moment, and I loved myself instead of glorifying God and loving my daughter. I know. It's just a movie. Maybe that's what you say. It's not that big of a deal. It's not like I took her out in the field and murdered her like Cain did to Abel. But guys, I blew it. I glorified myself instead of glorifying God. Abel shows us a life of worship. It's not just an hour on Sunday mornings, guys. If worshiping God is just going through those Sunday morning motions, well, that's kind of what Cain did. Instead, worship is a way of life. It's recognizing that God is God. He created, He gave life, He loves us, and He gives us all good gifts. He also blesses us with the freedom to choose to love Him back or not. What we do with worship throughout the week, each moment of the day, will set us up for a good Sunday morning of worship or not. If we worship God through the week, during the week, by loving God, glorifying God with how we live and loving others, then Sunday morning, it's going to be really good. But if we ignore God throughout the week... Sunday morning will be mostly just going through the motions. It's like 
giving God a compliment that we aren't very sincere about. Because God is seeing what's going on in our hearts throughout the week leading up to Sunday mornings. God knows us. He knows what's going on in our hearts, just like he knew what's going on in Cain's heart. If we love and worship God regularly, life will be amazing. Or as David says, it'll be blessed. Does it mean we won't face any issues or bad moments? Well, no, because there's a lot of Cain's in this world who we're going to encounter, people who are living for themselves. It's going to happen. But if we are walking with God, man, life will be blessed. It's a life of holiness. It's a journey of walking towards a holy God and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to quicken our hearts to love him more and to love others in the same way we love ourselves. Let's learn from Abel, guys. Learn to have a worshipful heart, bringing honor and glory to God in every moment of the day and how we live and how we love God and how we love others. That's a holy life, guys. Let's see if we can't journey a little bit more of worshipful in this week. Have a great week, guys.